You're now tuned in to 105 Live. Hip hop and RB lives right, 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 right here. Time Out Sports, it's good to be back. Time Out Sports family, we're here for another show, episode 2 on 105.1 Live. Today we got a big show ahead of us. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to discuss Kyrie Irving. We're going to discuss the NBA uh, trade deadline a little bit. Um, LeBron James approaching history. Duke versus Carolina, biggest rivalry in sports. Super Bowl. Rihanna, what's she going to do? What's she going to sing? What songs do I not want to hear her sing? So we got a lot to get into, but we're going to go ahead and start off. Today I got joining me for the first half of the show. I got one of my friends for 15 years, since the seventh grade. I got Chris Short joining me. How you doing today, Chris? Doing well, doing well. So blessed to be here with you, brother. Yes, indeed. So let's go ahead and get into it, man. The first topic we're discussing is Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving on Friday... He requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. It was uh, said that there was three or four teams that were interested in his services, from the Lakers to the Clippers to the Dallas Mavericks, uh, maybe even the Miami Heat. So ultimately, he ended up getting traded to the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday. Uh, Kyrie Irving and Marquise Morris are now Mavericks. In return, the Brooklyn Nets received Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first round pick and multiple second round picks. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on the whole Kyrie Irving trade request and now being on another team? Well, first of all, I'm interested to see how him and, and Doncic is going to work. Um, you know, both of them very dominant ball handlers. Um, you know, I want to see in the next couple games, with their first couple games of them together, who, you know, I want to see a couple games where they're down to the wire and, and who's going to take take the last shot just to, just to see what you know how they're going to mesh in those situations um i think you know throughout the abundance of a game more than likely you know they'll both get their get their turns but crunch time is where i'm really interested to see who's going to be handling the ball when it matters most um obviously as a lakers fan too i was kind of conflicted on whether or not to be hurt or to be okay with it <laughs> i'm not coming to my team but you know that's a story for another day but you know we'll see time will tell absolutely so uh back on what you said with you know trying to see them play together luca and kyrie i think it's going to be an interesting dynamic um for kyrie i think he can help luca out i think he'll be luca will be able to be fresher in late ball games you know fourth quarter mm -hmm. he'll have you know he's able to now have less of a workload and a usage uh, rate mm -hmm. as a result of Kyrie being able to be there uh you know take some of that usage some of that ball handling duties um so i think in that aspect it'll definitely help them and then you have two guys who are capable of making late game shots um i think to me they're still not a real contender in my opinion because i think mm -hmm. that you lost some of your better defensive players uh, you know, Dinwiddie will defend. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is a great defender. Uh, so, to me, I think they still have holes with that team. You know, they still need another center. I'm not a real fan of uh, Powell and Maxi Kleber. Uh, so, you know, I think they're going to be very entertaining. But to me, Definitely. I still don't think they're a team that are going to be able to come out of the West. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with you there. Um, I think it's for entertainment purposes. Uh, for the time being only uh, 
they still got some building to do. I also think it's going to be interesting to see what the Nets do with all of their different things going on, different variables and stuff they got going on right now, especially with the KD stuff going on. So, um, you know, like I said, time will tell. And uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting trade deadline. When is the trade deadline again? This Thursday. This Thursday, uh, okay. I believe it's 3 p.m. 3 p.m. So, okay. yeah, we're now less than two days away. Uh, back on what you said as far as Kevin Durant, I'm now interested to see what he requests to trade. Um, it's been said that, you know, for the longest, even in the offseason, he wanted to go to Phoenix. That was a team that was, you know, he was looking at. Uh, so now with what happened with Kyrie, I'm in- interested in seeing if Kevin Durant would try to make his way to Phoenix or either, uh, you know, another team. Uh, because I don't see the Nets really going anywhere. Um, you know, they're a team that direction is kind of up in the air. So we'll see what happens with Kevin Durant. Uh, we know one of the best players in the game. Uh He's starting to deal with a lot of injuries, though. You know, he can't seem to really stay healthy. Um, so, it's going to be interesting. Who would you say won that trade? Hmm. As of as of this moment now, maybe the Mavs, in my opinion, by a smidge. Um, it really just kind of depends. It's hard to say because we don't know what the Nets are going to do with what they got, and what the, you know, what they got from that trade, you know. But – being seen from what they've done in the past, there might <laughs> seems like they're gonna fumble the bag again because you see all the trades and stuff that they've done in the past, the, the super trades and this, that, and the other, and just seen it hasn't seemed to work out for them. So I mean, this it just seems like another one of those, you know, pages written in a chapter. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I think as far as Dallas goes, it at least shows Luca that they're willing to do things to try to improve the team. Mm-hmm. You know, for the longest, I felt as if Luca might try to get up out of there because, you know, it's pretty much him and role players. Uh, Christian Wood is a good player, um, but he's... Off and on. Yeah, he and, you know, he's a good offensive player, I would say. His defense leaves a lot to be desired. Um, but like I said, I think that now by them doing that, making that move for Kyrie, uh, it shows him that they are interested in trying to do what's necessary to improve that team. Uh, back on Kyrie, we know that he's still going to be a free agent. In this offseason, do you think that he'll end up staying in Dallas or he will uh, take his talents elsewhere? That might be one of the hardest questions to answer right there because we don't know what Kyrie's going to do when he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, it'd be tough. Um, I'd like to say that he probably will from what I've seen so far. Um, they've said that he's been willing to resign to take that, what, three years, four years, I think. Well, it's being reported that he wants four years at a 198, I believe it is. So that's, I mean, that's the match for real. That's that's about 50 million a year. Um, it's just crazy to me how, you know, I guess the Nets just really did him dirty with, you know, whatever on the back end of stuff, saying that he wouldn't take the max even if they offered it to him, That which is wild to me. So it says a lot about the organization, I feel like, well, you know, at least from what he, what he said, you know, so – yeah, Chris Haynes, uh, reporter, said that they said it was a championship clause in his contract. Like, he could get up to a certain amount of money, but they, it was based on them making it to the finals, I think, and winning the championship. So nobody's agreeing to take that kind of contract. I mean, it, it wouldn't make any sense. That's nothing that you can guarantee. You can't guarantee that with um, five of the best players in the world. No, so I think that they were, you know, they were asking a lot. I mean, we know that what comes with Kyrie sometimes – 
you know, you never know. But he's been playing well this year. Uh, hadn't really had any distractions. Um, he's, and so, he's had a hell of a year so far. Yeah, so I just think that they were asking a lot with that. If that contract was legitimately signed up and uh, you know, written like that, no, nah, that was never going to happen. So, being that the trade deadline, as we just talked about, is on Thursday, we have a lot of teams that are looking to make some moves. Uh, from your Lakers to my Heat, the Toronto Raptors are a team that's in the talks, you know, with guys like OG Ananobi, Fred Van Fleet. Um, I mean, you have teams like Boston. They said that Grant Williams is a guy that may be on the move because he was looking for a payday in the offseason, and they won't be able to give it to him. So what's a few teams that you think should make a move um, and what would those moves look like from your perspective? Well, obviously I'd like to see the Lakers make a move or two. Um, at this point, Kyrie's off the table, so I don't think that there's nothing too drastic out there that we should do. Maybe just a few minor things here and there maybe that we could do to kind of improve the team because that's really all we can do at this point. I saw that we were linked in with uh, Van Fleet uh, talks. Um I saw the one where uh, was it Mike Conley and um, who was was it Mike Conley, uh, Malik Beasley, Malik Beasley, yeah, and I think no, I don't think it was Vanderbilt. A lot of people said they won't want Vanderbilt to go to the Lakers, but I don't think he was in that trade talks. But yeah, the Lakers have been linked to a few different uh, you know scenarios. And then you um, saw the one too with Westbrook and <laughs> and uh, your boy Lowry. Yeah, yeah, Russell Westbrook, they're, they're saying Russell Westbrook might end up in Miami and Kyle Lowry in uh, L.A. I would not be a fan of that as a Heat fan. It, it makes it defeats the purpose. Kyle Lowry is a guy for us that has not been able to have consistent performances. Uh, I think he's a little bit out of shape. I don't think he takes the best care of his body. Um, and he's just been very inconsistent. But why would we take on a guy like Russell Westbrook, who is a low a high volume, low efficiency, uh, you know, high turnover guy, and you're going to put him beside a guy like Jimmy Butler, who is not really a shooter from distance. Bam Adebayo was more of a mid-range killer. So now you're going to have the worst big three in the league as far as long-range long range shooting. Why would you do that if you're Miami Heat? I just don't see it. I don't like that idea. But like you said, there's a lot of teams um, – that could make a move. The Lakers, I think, need another guy who's a center but is able to uh, stretch the floor because Anthony Davis is not consistent from three at all and also defend. So I'm going to give you a name. I think Mo Bamba from the Orlando Magic is a guy that they should look at because he's not playing much. You know, they have a lot of bigs from Paolo to Mo Wagner to Franz Wagner to Wendell Carter Jr. You know, they have a surplus of bigs. So Mo Bamba's really out of that rotation. And so if you're the Lakers, I think you go get a guy like that, like I said, that can protect the paint uh, and shoot the three, you know. So he could be outside, you know, at the three while AD is in the paint where he's best at. Mm -hmm. You know, he's more of a post guy, you know, mid-range. So I think that's a trade they should look at. And then, like I said, man, get rid of Russ. But don't give him to Miami. We don't want him. <laughs> get rid of Russ um, and just figure out what you can do in that situation. Uh, to make that team better because LeBron, as we get ready to talk about, he's not getting any younger, and uh, he but he's still now. he's still playing ball at a very very high level. It almost seems like it will never end. Yeah. So talking about LeBron, uh, tonight, third uh, Tuesday, excuse me, Tuesday tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder, he will be going 
uh, for the scoring record. He's 36 points away from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for number one uh, on all-time scoring record in the NBA. That's a record that for years that nobody thought would be broken. Um, when you're talking about scoring about 39,000 points, that's a lot of points. Uh, you have to be able to stay healthy. You have to be able to play at a high level and just be motivated to play that long. I mean, 20 years in the National Basketball Association is something that most, even if they're able to, don't want to commit to. So, like I said, LeBron is going for the record tonight. He has a chance to do it. Um, do you think he will accomplish that feat tonight, or will it take place on Thursday night in another game that will be televised against the Milwaukee Bucks? See, I've, I've thought I've thought a little bit about this the last couple of days um, as far as scenarios and stuff for this uh, record to be broken. Um, and I think more realistically and what, you know, most people probably think it will be broken against the Bucks, but I will say that it'll probably be a very entertaining game tonight because I think they'll go for it tonight, whether or not he gets it or not. I think I think he's I, I think he's on a mission. I think he's going to go for it tonight, whether or not he gets it. It's a di you know different ball game, and obviously if he doesn't get it tonight, he'll get it against the Bucks. But um, I, I do think that tonight will be a, a LeBron showcase, and I think that he'll end up. Putting, a, putting his all into it to try and get this scoring record tonight. Because if I was him, you know, obviously, I, you know, I'm a competitive person too as well, and I would want to, you know, capture that as soon as possible. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, realistically, can you can you do it? But you saw what the Thunder did against uh, the what Warriors the other night. Gave up what 140 points or something like that. So I mean, it's not out of the realm of dis uh, discussion. So. Um, I could definitely see it happening. Um, if I was a betting man, uh, I would definitely probably bet on the next game. But um, I'm I'm gonna be gonna be tuning into the game tonight and hoping that he gets it tonight. The sooner the better. That's the way I always think. Yeah, for me, I'm conflicted. I think that of course LeBron is LeBron. I mean, he's had games of 40 plus. Uh, I think what he had? Did he have? Did he have 50? This year? I think he had a 50 I think he had, right? Yeah, 50-something, 50, 50 yeah. So, uh, but he's a guy that can go out and get those amount of points without hesitation. Uh, to me, I think it really comes down to whether he wants to do it tonight or he wants to do it Thursday. I, yeah, I really do think it's up to him. I mean, so you have – I'm sure his family probably will attend both games, um, you know, just you know, so they will be there whether he did it tonight or the next game. But, you know, I'm conflicted. I think that – I'm going to say he doesn't do it tonight. I think he gets about 30 tonight, and that means that he only needs six points uh, on Thursday night against the Bucks. And I think that the Bucks game would mean more for the simple fact that Kareem, we know he played for the Bucks for a while, um, and so you will be doing it against a t you know one of the teams that Kareem played for. Um, so again, I think that LeBron is going to get about 30 tonight. You know, it'll be a a good game by him, but I don't think he's going to get the th 36 in the record. I think he'll save that for Thursday night uh, in a primetime matchup against a better team um, and go and get the record, and it'll be a huge, huge deal. Uh, LeBron is a guy that is 38, we know, uh, and he wants to play with his sons. He's, he's made it clear now he wants to play with his sons, not just one, but both. So I, I don't know. I think that he would have to play about, I think it's four more years to have a chance to play with, Bron with uh, Bryce. Bryce is the youngest son. Uh, 
but in the way he takes care of his body um and still you know putting up 30 points a game and you're at 20 it's it's incredible uh, but let's talk a little bit about the lakers now uh because lebron's amazing play has not really led to wins uh you know you have a guy like anthony davis who was a top five talent in the world uh but he's not able to consistently stay on the court uh it's, it's always something i mean he had a game earlier this year where he almost got hurt shooting a half court shot i mean that it's just like some things just happen to certain people and so you know like i said both of them have played at a high level when they've been on the court but they are not winning i mean they're under 500 you know not in the playoffs if it started now they wouldn't even be in the play in uh so now what are some things you think the lakers need to try to do to turn the season around in the last what 25 to 30 games man that's an outstanding question uh I wish I knew the actual thing that could <laughs> that would, would boost us. That I mean, obviously LeBron is doing what he can, um, you know, to, to help us and try to bring us to to, to, to some W's. Um, and uh, you know, obviously AD's health is a factor. Um, him staying on the court is a huge key. And, and even in games that he stayed in the game, and we've still lost games by a couple, you know, a couple points here and there. Saw the Celtics game. We need we need role players to step up. And we don't need just one role player to step up. We need everybody to play. And they don't have to play, you know, outstanding. Everybody just needs to play their part. You got, you know, Pat Bev and and your boy uh, Schroeder out here shoot, you know, shooting two for 18. And that's not going to, you know, I don't care what LeBron and AD do. If you can't get them to at least, you know, 40% from the two of them. You're not going to be able to win. That's that's hurting your team. So, um, and then obviously, you know, you got to play defense. So, that's 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 always going to be a thing. But, you know, like it's it's, it's it's like it's a different story every game on why we lose a game. You know, shoot, Schroeder can go out here and score 38 points, and we you know we have that role player, you know, production, and we still lose because this over here happened. So it's. We, we, we need to become more consistent on all areas from the bench to everything from the from the starters to the bench and then you got you know coaching comes into play too Darmaham makes some questionable decisions sometimes as far as his rotations so it, it and I know it's got to be frustrating for LeBron it's got to be super <laughs> I can only imagine him him at year 20 like you said putting in all this work, all this money into his body to, to be able to perform the way he needs to just for people to be inconsistent. I, I don't know what I'd say if I was LeBron, to be honest with you, some of these games. You saw his frustrations let out. And, I mean, granted, that was towards the refs, but, you know, you can see this. He has a lot of frustration built up. He's been doing these interviews, these side interviews and stuff like that on the side or whatever. It's kind of like you could tell LeBron he's kind of feeling a certain type of way or whatever, so... We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens, transpires. I still do think that we will end up making the playoffs just because I don't think LeBron will let us as long as LeBron is healthy. Um, hopefully we can have AD healthy and, and keep him going because he's played a couple. He's, what was his last game? Who did, he, who did he have last game? I know he had that one, the 31 against the Pacers. Oh, you mean his, what was his stats? Yeah, he's like, he's, he's had some good numbers lately, right? 
Yeah, I mean his numbers have been his numbers have been great for the majority of the year when he's been playing. But like you said, mm-hmm. I mean two players are not gonna it's not gonna it's do not it. gonna do anything. This is a league. Um, that's why they have a conversation a lot of times about is it more important to have three stars or two stars and three or four other guys that's role pretty players. good. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know role players matter, like you said, and Russell Westbrook. I mean, you look at the Celtics. The Celtics are a perfect example of that. I mean, you got, you know, Jason Tatum and and Brown. Smart's not no scrub. Horford's not a scrub. You know, you got three or four people on there. That's 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 really good. Oh, you got and you got Robert Williams. Robert Williams, when he's healthy, in the paint. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon was a huge addition for them. Yeah, so they have, like you said. I mean, it's it comes down to having a complete roster, no weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I think the last thing I wanted to say on this because we got to move on. The um, one of the Lakers' problems is, like you said, consistency, um, and then injuries. I mean, not just LeBron and AD, but Austin Reeves is a guy that has been mm-hmm. pretty good for them when he's played, but he's been out for a while now. Uh, Lonnie Walker missed about, I would say, I think about eight to ten games. He just came back about three games ago. So, you know, when you're a team like them that has so many flaws, you can't afford to have health issues as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just going to come down to trying to make a move. I think they need to try to trade Russ. Um, and uh, hope that they can be healthy going the rest of the way. Uh, but now moving on to I, what I believe is the greatest rivalry in sports. Uh, Duke I and agree. Carolina, uh, they played on uh, Saturday night. Duke won by a score of 63 to 57. What were your thoughts on that game? Uh, I mean, being a Carolina fan is uh, obviously – always going to be frustrating. You could be owing however many games or undefeated. Losing to Duke is always a frustrating game no matter what. Um, I'm sure it's the same way for Duke fans. Um, It was just frustrating because I knew that we could win that game, as I probably would say most games. But, um, you know, we just had a couple bad performances. We couldn't, you know, we got hot at certain points and then just all of a sudden the ball wouldn't go down. Caleb Love will hit a crazy shot. It's like, okay, now he's hitting. And then went and hit his next three or four shots. Uh, RJ looked good early. Um, you know, feathered off towards the end of the game. My biggest thing was Pete Nance. Couldn't hit the side of a barn. One for ten. And, you know, he's supposed to be our fifth-year senior. Coming, you know, averaging, I think, what, 14 points and, like, seven or eight rebounds from his previous school transferring to us. So I expected a whole lot more out of him. I've, I've, I've expected a lot of him out um, of a lot of him from the start of the season, and he's had a couple games here and there. But you know, being a Carolina and seeing what happened last year, what transpired last year with uh, Brady Manick bringing in a fifth-year senior that has uh, experience and uh, shot the three-ball well in a perimeter game, I kind of. I didn't expect him to be Brady Manic. I expected him to come in and fill that role. And so far this year, he has pretty much let me down. Uh, <laughs> he's had a couple good games, like I say, here and there. But it's games like this that your experience should shine. And he was the worst starter on the floor last night, in my opinion. Or not last night, but the night that they played, Saturday night. Um and uh, so he's just got to get better. I mean, I think he's really the main key to get for our team to not necessarily getting over the hump and being a great team or whatever, but to 
show glimpses of what we should be. I feel like he needs to be more assertive in what he does on the court. He's not aggressive enough. He takes a lot of contested fallaway shots, which he can hit, but he's got to get going first before he can start taking those other kinds of shots. And he just really let me down against Duke. He, his defense was not there. Um, I mean, really, I'm not going to put it all on him because the whole team you know, could have played better. Uh, Baycott had a decent game. We also got to feed Baycott a little bit more. We, we, we tend to fall away from that when it starts to work. Um, you know, he gets his double teams and stuff. He draws a lot of double teams and stuff. So, I, it, this this it's kind of, it was kind of the same point last season where I just didn't know where we were going to be in the next month or so when March Madness come. Except for this year, we're a little bit further behind, I feel like, than we were. So, um, Duke played good. A, de- decent enough to beat – better than we did, obviously, but uh, – What's your boy's name? The uh, center with the – he had like nine blocks. Oh, yeah. So, Derek Lively. Lively, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of things that I would say about that game. Uh, going in, I thought the Carolina should win. Uh, yeah. I mean, they just should. You know, we were a team that hadn't been playing that great either. And then you have, like I said, so much youth. And that's that's one of the problems when you had the one-and-done thing. People don't realize, you know, they always want to say, well, why Duke don't have more championships? That's, that's not how this thing works in one one game situation. I, I can see if it was the NBA where it's four games out of seven. I could say, okay, I would say, okay, well, Duke, you know, y'all got to do better with winning the championship. But one game was just like the NFL. We know that the best team does not always win. And so, but one of the things I would say about that is, uh, like you said, Lively played. He played amazing defense. You have to give it to him. Uh, eight blocks. Uh, he played big in that game. And I think that one of the reasons why. He was able to, you know, guard and contain Baycott. Uh, Baycott shot 50%, but he was still not as effective. You know, he was passing it out a lot more, you know, because because Lively played really good defense. And also being the fact that y'all couldn't make your distant shots. So it made it a lot tougher. You know, when you when you pitch it down to Baycott and now y'all can't make threes, well, now some people can help mm-hmm. and force him to pass it back out. But you're passing it out to Bricks. So, that was one of the issues that y'all had. I mean, you talk about shooting the ball. Like you said, Pete Nance was 1 for 10. Uh, overall, y'all were 7 for 27 from 3. You're not going to win a whole lot of games shooting that poorly. And they were, um, and, and, and there was a lot of space out there on the perimeter, too. They just couldn't, they couldn't hit it. Uh, I've, I saw a bunch of pictures and highlights after the game. Y'all's defense was coming, you know, clogging the paint and stuff, you know, preventing the either the drive or the dish down to Baycott. You know, and, and, and there was plenty of people wide open and stuff, and they were swinging around the perimeter and they just couldn't hit shots. I mean, and and shooting three free throws in a game is not, not going to help either. So you got to be more aggressive. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about officiating. I think, do they miss a couple calls? I mean, of course. You're always going to miss y'all, calls. There's always going to be some missed calls. Y'all were not aggressive, like you said, because I think our defense really was tough. I mean, it made you want to kick it out. And so you wasn't taking it to the rack like we were. Uh, and so that was one of the things. But one of the craziest stats of that game to me is the fact that Leaky Black, which I think he's been shooting the ball better this year, he was three for six from three, which is 50%, and the rest of y'all team was four of 21. I mean, that's I've also, crazy. I've also found Leaky Black watching more, more and more Carolina games, and he's way better from three in the corner. In the corner, yep. And it's like it was in our game plan to let him get that shot, even though he hit him. It was like we just felt like it wasn't going to destroy us. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it was. It was a good game, as Duke and Carolina is always going to be. Uh, whether they're great teams or not. Um, so, part two will come in March. Uh, one month from the last game. It's crazy how they scheduled that March 4th. Um, I'm confident in that one, though. I'm yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm our confident. guy Whitehead is back. Uh, that you know, Because that was one of the reasons why I thought we would lose. Because he's a guy that... Uh, Although he's not averaging a whole lot of points, I think he averaged like 8.5 points a game, but he had been starting a few games for us, playing a lot better. Um, you know, but like you said, that March 4th matchup should be a good one again. And so we'll see. The last thing that we're going to discuss uh, with Chris is Super Bowl prediction. You know, this is why they play the games. It's the biggest game of the year, Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. It's taking place on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Again, we have Rihanna performing. First, let me ask you this. What song, if you could name two songs that you want Rihanna to perform, what would you say? Mm. One would be Desperado. If I had, you know, that's definitely one locked in. Um, uh, a lot of them for number two. Um, maybe Diamonds, I guess. But okay. Desperado, definitely. That I, I love that song. It's my jam. Yeah, for me, I think I think a lot of people are saying they think she's going to open up with Desperado. Uh, for me, I would love to see. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see her and Jay-Z do Umbrella Remix. That would be dope. Uh, you know, because he's over the music for the Super Bowl. I can see that probably happening, to be honest. Um... Wild Thoughts, DJ Khaled. Yeah, DJ Khaled come out and do that one. And Bryson Tiller. Yep. Um, live Your Life. Bring T.I. out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's make this thing a party. We, we, that's why I say I don't, want, why, I don't want to hear yeah, no, uh, no Lift Bowl. Me Up and and all them, them church sleep songs. I don't want... Yeah, nah. This is a Super Bowl. We're yeah. supposed to be turning it up. You know, we ain't seen Rihanna perform like that in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, no, no I want to see her really turn this thing up. And uh, keep that energy going because I believe it's going to be a good game. Um, and so we don't want her to come out there and, and put us to sleep during the halftime. Right. So uh, getting into the game, who is your prediction? You know, what is your, if you had to give a score prediction, uh, you know, who are you going with? I haven't really, hmm, I haven't thought about a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 34 3428 Eagles. And what would be your reason? I mean, you know, I, I I just think the Eagles have a better overall team than the Chiefs. Overall, you know. And and I think if the Chiefs were to win, well, obviously it's probably mo- most likely would be the case. I think if the Chiefs were to win, obviously, you know, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP. And I think it's going to take an MVP effort for like for them to beat the Eagles. Patrick Mahomes is going to have to go crazy. So, um, you know, but I just, I mean, I think the Eagles' defense is stronger, and I think that Jalen Hurts and that offense can keep up with with, with Patrick Mahomes and their offense. Yeah, I can, I can agree uh, with your uh, position. As far as the Eagles, they definitely do have the better overall roster. Uh, top to bottom, I think you could argue that the Chiefs have, of course, the better three out of probably four players when you talk about Mahomes, Kelsey, 
uh, Chris Jones and Jen Jalen Hurts. That's probably the best four players maybe on the two teams. But overall, yeah, I can agree. The Philly has the better roster. Um, I'm going back and forth. I feel like my head says that Philly's going to win. My heart wants the Chiefs to win. You know, as a Commander fan, I do not want um, the Eagles to win another Super Bowl. And you know I don't want the yeah, Chiefs right. to win because I'm a Chargers yeah. fan. <laughs> so yeah. we're both conflicted in the same way. Yeah, but I think that I'm just I'm scared for the Chiefs. Another reason why, because they have so many injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Now, Kadarius Tony is a guy that they traded for. He can't stay healthy. Um, McCole Hartman has been out for like six weeks with a abdomen, I believe, injury. He's not going to play. They put him on IR. So I'm, I'm just nervous. I, you know, is Travis Kelsey 100%? Is Patrick Mahomes 100%? Uh, I think he's going to be about 90. They said his ankles. He got two good. weeks of rest, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should help tremendously. Um, yeah, I think it comes down to. Philly in their run game. Are they able to control the clock the mm-hmm. way that they want to? Because the way you, that you stop the Chiefs is by having Mahomes on the bench. Mm-hmm. And so I think that their game plan would be to try to run the ball uh, and, and chop that clock up, you know, have six, seven, eight-minute drives and keep Mahomes on the bench. And I think if they're successful doing that, then they will win. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, man, I'm going for the Chiefs. Uh, hope it's a good game. Um uh, and so, that's pretty much everything I have for you today, Chris. Uh, in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about my keys to the game for the Super Bowl. Break that down. Uh, but, again, we have uh, on today my homeboy, my brother for 15 years, Chris Short. Uh, Chris, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me. Back with the Remus. These boys are my sons like Phoenix. My city and state never ever seen this. Jimmy Neutron, I'm a young boy genius. On a futon, I'ma give her that pit. When it's done, I'ma fill up arenas. Ooh, like Gilbert Arenas. Shoot my shot, I'm still with the demons. Ooh, I keep it thorough. I got five chicks in New York, that means one in each borough. I'm in the pocket like Burrow. When I'm back home, no, they treat me like Robert De Niro. Took her to talk about, bought her a churl. Took her home, gave her a cinnamon swirl. I left it in, now I got a one euro. Zeros on zeros on zeros. That's what my bank account balance say I got a check from a shoe company Now I do anything to New Balance say I bought her a plane to get out of state I got me a shorty for runaway Said I'm in town today She said she coming over and she down to stay I got a hit, she been playing that sh- So when she pull up on me, I know what she about to say What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in I got options, I can pass that stats like Stockton Just joshing, I'm spending this holiday locked in My body got rid of them toxins Sports in the top 10. Callin' my bitch, tell her bring me that noggin. Brain real good, she a scholar. I like a thing with low mileage. Good brain with no collars. Call me the baby, no Tyler. I'm real creative and stylish. F in my denim. I send that hit, make a spin em. And I just flew back from LA on the jet. Yesterday I go back and forth like I play tennis. I fuck with you, yeah, I feel for it. Still on the billboard, the number one song in UK. And now they got so fucking rich, all these summer. I said, don't give a fuck what you say. She eat it like a Batman. Move a like I'm Batman. I just put up in the Batmobile. The reason I ain't fucking with these rap rap cause they cap, cap, caps, and they raps ain't real. Believe me, you wanna keep your life and take it easy. I'm rocking Water diamonds need a squeeze. Water down, they drink a Fiji. My whip is orange and brown like I'm in Cleveland. My bitch is mellow yellow like a soda. These title tellers, I'm a soldier. Hey, somebody tell them, tell them that it's over. You know it's baby. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. 
I got options, I can pass that Hopping that scat and I caught her, I'm out here with somebody daughter She calling me daddy, I'm somebody father I gotta go diss it, I when I go kiss it I put my lips on it like somebody water The diamond and clay, she the card in the wallet She put up to fuck me, but nobody caught her She told me that she wasn't feeling my music I fucked she told me it's nobody harder And I'm with the G-ski, I need that shit for the free ski We are not buying no pussy, you sell it on Peace Street It's so much work on my celly, I had to go tell all my bitches Email it to reach me, all in my DM or follow your BM She played with the Kroski, we used to on a low ski, she used to lie on my bed and go lie to your face and say I'm just a broski. You knows me, you ain't believe it, you wanted to toast me. I had it standing as long as a ruler in case she was cooling and wanna approach me. Dropped up and take her, came back in the cullin and she wanna fuck again. I want that tongue again, stuck it so deep that she cough up a lung again. Five star bitches, they on the run again, run again, running in diamonds, they illuminating the way that I come again. I just put so many pennies on the watch and I don't never got a stun again. Latour, what's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options, I can pass that, it's like Stockton. Just joshing, I'm spending this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. Sports in the top ten. Mm, what's bracken? Brand new whip, new mansion. Brand new tips, new dancers. Same old dame, new magnum. Same old shit, new maggots. Same old throne, new dragons. Same old strong, new ashes. I can pass that bed like magic. Yeah, I ain't capping, I'm lit, I'm active. Yeah, look five and they fly like packs and yak. I'm drowning this milk like Applejack. I sell a belly, can't put tax on that. Let's slam they pop that slap and slap. Your bum press roll that back on black. Got nine nine problems in the chain one. Yeah, numbers don't lie, it's the aftermath. Yeah, what's poppin'? poppin'? Brand new phone just dropped it. I got options. I bust down a cup of apple watches. Hello. I put the ball in the end zone. Put a bad batch in the friend zone. Ooh, ooh. I'ma bust all on the skin tone. I be messed up at skin junk. Ooh, ooh. Dark hair pussy like she go. I like I'm blind like me though. Although I'm dying called Leon. I was still slide like Neo. Keep all around my pre roll. New Orleans nigga, I'm Creole. She say, Bitch, that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we back on air. Back on air. Listen, I need everybody that has social media to take a minute and go to Facebook and follow my brand page. I have a new brand for all of the dreamers, all of the entrepreneurs that believe that where they are today is not where they're going to be tomorrow. Millionaire in the Making, that's the Facebook page. Make sure to go and like and follow that page and tell your friends, you know, that have dreams and aspirations to do the same. Uh, the Instagram page is mitm.com. Two two zero two three again. M I T M dot two zero two three, and that's millionaire in the making. The brand for all of the dreamers and all of the entrepreneurs that believe that you know they they're gonna be big one day. They're gonna have wealth and be able to uh, live a great life. And so now we're gonna jump into Steph Curry. Steph Curry, Golden State Warriors point guard, is uh, injured again. He now has. Uh, an injury that's going to keep him sidelined for about a month of uh, a leg injury. Uh, you know, that's a devastating injury for the Warriors who have not played that great this season. Um, they, you know, they have a championship hangover, it seems like. Uh, you have guys like Klay Thompson, who is overall his numbers look okay, but he's been pretty inconsistent. It's like he'll have a game where he goes for 35, and then he'll have a game where he goes for 12. And so the Golden State Warriors have tucked another hit with the injury to Steph Curry that's going to keep him out for about the, about a month. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to, you know, stay afloat during that time frame. Uh, if they could go 500, that would be a good thing. Now, he should only miss, you know, with the All-Star weekend coming up. I think they say he's going to probably only miss about seven or eight games. And so that's that's a good thing. You know, in a normal month, they would, he would miss more like 12 or 13 games over a month span. So, 
like I said, we'll see what the Warriors are able to do if uh, they're able to stay afloat. They're going to need guys like Andrew Wiggins, uh, Jordan Poole, uh, Draymond. They're going to need more offense from him. So we'll see what happens with the Golden State Warriors. The next topic that we have is we're going back to the Super Bowl, which, again, will take place on this Sunday at 6.30 p.m., and I'm going to give y'all about three of my keys to the game for each team. Starting off with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, as I told my friend Chris Short, I think that the Eagles need to run the ball uh, early and often. I think if they're able to control the clock, have six and seven minute drives, you know, and limit the possessions that Patrick Mahomes has, I think they will uh, benefit from that. Another thing that they need to do is you got to get touchdowns, not field goals. If you want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you got to put seven up on the board. Three will not do it. Um, and so I think guys like A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, uh, Dallas Goddard, they're going to have to make plays in the red zone and put touchdowns on the board. Another thing that they're going to have to do in that game is take care of the football. You can't turn it over against Patrick Mahomes. You turn it over against Patrick Mahomes and give him a short field, he will uh, make you pay for that. So... Those are three things that's going to be important. The last thing I think I would say for them is, you know, come at Patrick Mahomes. We don't know whether what his health is going to look like. Will he be 80%? Will he be 90%? You know, so I think it's going to be important for the Eagles defense to come at him early and often, uh, try to get him off of his spots, you know, force him to run and test that ankle out. Uh, if you're able to sack Mahomes four or five, six times in that game, that'll vote well uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles and their uh, pursuit of the Super Bowl. Taking it to the Kansas City Chiefs side, I think that they're going to need to be able to run the ball as well. I think you take some of the pressure off Mahomes if you run the football effectively. Uh, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon. You know, they even have guys like Kadarius Toney who they could give a carry every now and then, you know, and keep the Eagles defense off of their game. Uh, you know, keep them guessing. So that's one key for the Chiefs. I think another key to the game is Travis Kelsey. The best uh, tight end in football in my estimation. One of the best of all time. I think he's going to have to have a big game. Uh, you know, you're going to need to be able to rely on him um, to make some plays. You know, Travis Kelsey is a safety blanket for Patrick Mahomes. They have a great wavelength. And uh, you're going to need him to, you know, play well in that game. Uh, Scantling. You're going to need uh, MVS to play a great game in that matchup. Can he come out and have a, you know, four or five catch game and, you know, take a little bit of pressure off of Travis Kelsey? Uh, that's going to be a major key. Kadarius Toney is a guy that's been injured off and on, off and on. But he is expected to play in this ball game, and I think he's going to be able to or need to uh, make a play every now and then, you know, and keep a drive going. So those are a couple of uh, keys to the game for the Chiefs. I think on the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs, they're going to need to be able to contain Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a guy that we know can go for 300 passing yards, but really where he kills you normally is by running. You know, Hurts can go for eight, nine rushes for 100 yards on the ground and you know keep the chains moving. So Kansas City's defense from Chris Jones, you know, people like that are going to have to be able to neutralize him and uh, I think if you force him to pass the ball, you, you'll have a better chance of winning if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. So those will be my keys to the games for both teams. Uh, if you're listening to this, make sure that you all are following the podcast page. 
uh, Timeout Sports Podcast. That's uh, iTunes and Spotify. Uh, we can be found on Twitter at Timeout Sports 3, Instagram at Timeout Sports with two underscores. And uh, make sure to follow and engage with us. Make sure that you send in, you know, your score prediction. Feel free to let me know what you're thinking. Now, what would be some of your keys to the game for this great matchup? And so now we're going to transition and talk about WSSU, Winston-Salem State University, the liveest HBCU on the planet, Uh, you know, where I went. I'm always going to ride with the Rams. And so now we're going to talk a little bit about their basketball team, Uh, The Lady Rams did suffer a loss on Saturday uh, to St. Augustine. Uh, They lost 91 to 80. Uh, So that's a game that obviously didn't go our way. When you talk about giving up at 91 points, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. You got to lock in on defense a little bit better uh, in order to be successful. The men's team, however, won on Saturday by a score of 72 to 70. Uh, And so... You know, the basketball programs did go one and one on this past Saturday. Uh, We're going to be looking forward to seeing them again on Thursday in two home games at the Sea Games Center in Winston-Salem. Got to get a face back uh, against Claflin University. Uh, The women's game will be at 5.30 p.m. and the men's game will be at uh, 8 o'clock. I do want to congratulate Amaya Tucker, who was, I guess, Uh, One of our guests last week on the show, uh, she became the all-time leader in three-pointers made at Winston-Salem State. So, do want to congratulate her for that accomplishment. Um, You know, that's a big deal. Um, So, again, you know, rooting for my Lady Rams to continue to get healthy. You know, we have been experiencing a lot of injuries. uh, And that's, you know, kind of held us back a little bit. Um, And as far as the men go, just got to be more consistent, uh, especially on the road. But I'm looking forward to seeing what both teams are able to do uh, in a home matchup this Thursday. Uh, We're going to speak that they're going to get a win. The next thing that we're going to discuss on this week's podcast, uh, as we are nearing the close, is the WNBA. If you know me, you know I'm a big advocate for the WNBA. Um, I just want to see that league continue to grow and uh Especially starting with the wages, I would love to see them be able to make more of a livable salary uh, so that they aren't having to go overseas and uh, you know, be away from their families in the offseason. So we are about uh, three months away from the start of this year's season, May 19th. Uh, you will have this year's WNBA season. They are going to play a record amount of 40 games this year, uh, which is a good thing. You know, that's more opportunity for viewership and, you know, in return, they'll be able to make a little bit more money by adding a few more games to the schedule. So, looking forward to the season coming up in uh, May. Uh, Candace Parker, one of my favorite players of all time. She has uh, made history. She's going to be the first female in in uh, color commentary history to work the NBA All-Star Game this year. So, in two weeks, Candace Parker will be the first female to be a color uh commentator for this year's NBA All-Star Game. So congratulations to Candace on that amazing accomplishment. Uh, we know that she's a great player even to this day um, at 36 years of age. Um, she's still she's still able to make impact. And uh, so looking forward to seeing uh, her in that role at the All-Star Game and looking forward to seeing her play uh, for the Las Vegas Aces 
this upcoming season. Now, for my rough rant, I got to talk about my rough rant this week. It's load management. Me and my mom have talked about this. Um, it's just so unfair to the fan. You know, you have guys making 30, 40, 50 million dollars to play the game of basketball. Um, and there's 82 games in a season. I think you got to go to the drawing board. Okay, figure out if we cut this thing down to 68 games, will y'all be more committed to playing every game? You got to go to the play, to the drawing board if you're Commissioner Adam Silver and figure out, you know, what can be done because this is unacceptable. Uh, you have guys that sit out games and listed as load management, listed as rest or injury management. And you have, you know, you got to think about the fact that majority of the world is not doing well. You know, they're, they're sacrificing things to go to these basketball games. There's people that travel three, four, six, eight, ten hours to go see their favorite player play basketball. And then they find out two or three hours before the game that, oh, Jimmy Butler's out tonight. Steph Curry's out tonight. Uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard's out tonight. I just, it's a problem for me. I just cannot get with that. And I was not a big Kobe Bryant fan. Uh, you know, rest in peace to him. But I did respect this about him. His wife, Vanessa, once asked him about why he played through injuries even. You know, he did not sit out a lot of games. And Kobe Bryant, you know, he said that he wanted to play because you never know what young fan would be coming to the game and that be their only opportunity to see him. So, you know, it's just unacceptable that you have so many guys in the NBA take this for granted, you know, and are okay with sitting 18 to 20 games in a season. You're getting paid to play 82. Now, if you're hurt, you're hurt. But if you're not hurt and you're just deciding to sit out, I just cannot get with that. And so I think it's going to be pivotal for Adam Silver and other people in positions to come together with maybe the Players Association and say, okay, y'all try to say that um, that the body is not able to play 82 games. Okay, well, what does science say? What amount of games would you all be able to play and, you know, come to work? Because I can't, I can't have my job and, and just be calling in, you know, a rest day. It's, it's unacceptable. So that you need to be on the floor. And I think also what they should do is, like this year, uh, when these people sit out these games and people want refunds, they should give these fans refunds. And not only refunds for the game, but think about, the, you know, the expenses that they had to come from, like I said, six hours away, hotels and that sort of thing. You know, so we got to do a better job uh, when you talk about the NBA uh in in playing you get paid to play you don't get paid to be in street clothes and so that's my rant for this week uh let's cut out load management do whatever you need to do to get that figured out and squared away um so that will wrap today's podcast or or show uh i do appreciate everybody took the time to listen in to us live or whether you're listening to the replay again make sure to follow uh, the Time My Sports Podcast on iTunes and Spotify at Time My Sports Podcast. Make sure to follow the Twitter page at Time My Sports 3. Uh, also follow WNBA League Fits on Instagram at WNBA League Fits. The Twitter account is Fits underscore WNBA. And uh, we'll be back the same time next week, next Tuesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Tell a friend to join us on 105.1 Live. You're now tuned in to 105 Live.
Hip-hop and R&B lives right, right, right here.